everybody. Welcome to Political Football here on the Mandy Ice Media Network. Um, I got Scott and Cleve with me. I'm Dave. We're here to talk about all the week four action. And I got all sorts of craziness. I got Cleve here in his Jets hat and his sunglasses inside. What's up, Corey? I was, I was actually channeling my inner Mike Tomlin on the sideline with the blue blockers on the entire game. Oh, you're going to take you're going to take 10 days to come to the decision you should have made way earlier. <laughs> they paid Mitch. They paid him. <laughs> there you That's go. the only reason they play. They paid the guy. Well, they're going to keep paying now, even though he's on the bench. Uh, Scott, how are you? Good. I'm happy to be here. Okay, good. How are so, you, Dave? Well, I'm furious. To be honest, I'm uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn mad. Uh, about what? Uh, about the suck ass lions. Man, what about I mean, it? you? Couldn't have asked for a better. I mean, that was fight. I, I, I gave you guys a lot of shit sometimes. But I always said that team has fight, man. That team had had fight. Golf, Cleve, let, that, me golf, let me ask you. That lines was crazy. Yes. Uh, let me ask you a question, Cleve. If you put up 45 points in, a, in an NFL game against a team coached by Pete Carroll and quarterback by Geno Smith, should you win? No. You saw, you saw my text to you. Geno Smith had a game. Guy's got a chip on his shoulder. He was awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. Uh, he's Geno Smith. Russell Wilson has sucked for a couple of years. So what's funny about that, Scott? So on uh, there's a, a fantasy football analyst who works for uh, Roto World, part of NBC. His name is Denny Carter uh, at CD Carter on Twitter. Great follow, hilarious. He actually tweeted that he thinks Russell Wilson has quote never been good, which I think. I don't think he meant it literally, but like I took what he meant. I think it's sort of the same thing you were saying there on their own podcast. Uh, he tried to make the same point to his co-host and they basically just wrote him off. Like that's ridiculous. He might be struggling now, but of course he was good. I'm not so sure that Russell Wilson has ever been that great. Cleve, do you think Russell Wilson was ever that great and he's fallen off or was he being covered for? I think, I think he's at the, the, twilight of his career and i think that has a lot to do with it uh it's a lot of tread on those tires uh the guy did go to a super bowl the guy was uh what, what was he second string when he when he took over or third yeah something was, like that it was like Tavares and some other guy there so Matt yeah Flynn. I mean, yeah so yeah i mean he beat out pretty much nobody to get the job and i think having a coach like Pete carroll where he got to kind of do whatever he wanted you know he he flourished in a system that wasn't a system He's at, he's at the end of his career. Like, what are you expecting from him now? He's a, he's thirty three. That's a, that's ancient in football. Not for quarterbacks. <laughs> Not for Tom Brady or any of them. Aaron Rodgers is thirty nine. He was really good at thirty three. Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl at thirty four. But, but but the brand of football that he had to play is what I'm is what I'm getting at. And I'm, I should have explained that better. They the Seahawks never built anything around him off um offensive line wise to give he's always running for his life. Like he was always running. We have a lot of plays with him just having the pocket collapse on him and he's got to make a play. And yeah. it was one year after the Legion of Boom dissolved where he was pretty much the entire offense. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of tread on those tires. I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt with that, but I mean he's played a lot of football. It just so it strikes me as really weird that they would structure their offense the way they had for years with him to be such a run heavy team. Yep. Right. And and you don't really do much. I mean, they tried for, to get offensive line help. They did, but his, you know, 
he always won when he was when he extended plays and made yeah. plays with his feet, throwing the ball down the field. But um, I just find it hilarious that for years Pete Carroll refused to let Russ cook, and now the guy that he's choosing to do the cooking is Geno freaking Smith, and it's Go just figure. it's amazing. Go figure, it's ridiculous. Man. And we have so, to talk about Aaron Glenn because. Um, Dave, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you don't have strong thoughts on this at all. I'd love if to hear them. If you're watching on YouTube, live or on replay, <laughs> you can see my name for this episode is Fire Aaron Glenn in all caps. Um, because please really, please tell me you don't believe that. Of course, I believe that. Uh, oh my god! Wait a minute, is, that, is, that, is that my Aaron Glenn from the Jets? Yes. Yeah. Back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. If you give up 48 points, well, 41 points, Goff did throw a pick six. If you go 41 points to Geno Smith in the Seahawks at home, like nobody will take, like, there's no way to take him seriously anymore. Like, like who would ever listen to this man ever again about how to play defense? Like he's got to be seen as a clown now. I suppose maybe all the players will be like, oh, well, we were just all terrible. We're all bad. We suck. We know the coach is okay, and we're all going to get cut next year because besides Hutch and Tracy Walker, who's up for the year now, we're all trash. Like I don't think the players think that. So now Aaron Glenn's going to be, what, yelling at the linebackers to do better, and they're going to be like, bro, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We just gave up 41 to the Seahawks. Like, the entire defense is garbage, and he is the defensive coordinator. There's no coming back from this. They're not going to turn around the next week and do great. Like, somehow they held Justin Jefferson, like, three catches for 14 yards, still blew the lead in the fourth quarter. This game uh, DK Metcalf goes for seven uh, catches, 149 yards. Lockett, six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Geno Smith, 23 of 30, 320 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and like two quarterback pressures all game long. They couldn't find a way to get any sort of pressure on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And and I didn't write down Rashad Penny's line, but he ran for like 130 yards and two touchdowns too. They got gashed and killed by everybody. It's not that DK had a huge game where he's making these awesome freak plays. The entire Seahawks offense, the Seahawks, ripped them to shreds. They are terrible. They're awful because they're poorly coached. Like Aaron Glenn obviously has got to go. Like we cannot just sit around and keep waiting. Last year when it was clear Anthony Lynn was garbage, they took they fired him, took away the play calls, brought in somebody else who's better. Aaron Glenn can't get it done. He's out. Scott. You throw a pick you throw a pick six. That was the game. Yeah, first play of the second half. You know what I'm saying? That was the game. If if he didn't throw a pick six there, that changes the game. I don't know that it changes the game because they literally never stop Seattle. Like oh, it, no, I, this is like a Big not, Twelve game. Yeah, I'm not discounting that. I'm what I'm saying is that a high scoring game like that, you can't throw a pick six in a, in in any of that. You can't have that kind of mistake. Gino went damn near perfect. You know, no picks. So yeah, you're right. There was no pressure. But again, your quarterback throws a pick six in a moment there. If you score 45 points in an NFL game, you should be able to give the other team seven and still win. <laughs> I mean, they scored forty-five. You, you must not. You must not have seen the Frank Wright comeback or the or the or the, the miracle at the Meadowlands. I did Down see the Frank Wright comeback. I was in third grade, <laughs> uh, but I did. But I did see it. Um, okay, uh, okay. Is can we just 
can we view this as just a very bad matchup for the Detroit Lions in a week in which their defense, because they're missing Tracy Walker, really was not ready or capable of playing uh, good football in this matchup? It's just they weren't no. prepared. No. Why can't why can't you just why can't we have because that their quarterback Geno, Geno Smith? Yeah, that, that's what he can't not, get his head around. That's what he can't right. get his head around. It's you Geno. can't be unprepared to play against Geno Smith. Geno Smith is not good. He is a career backup. Right. This is like the Packers being like, well, we weren't ready to play against Bailey Zappi. Like Geno Smith is not good. He may not be terrible. He's better than Mitch Trubisky, clearly, but. You cannot let Geno Smith come into your house and put up 48 points on you, 41 points on you, and then keep your job. Like, that's it. You're done. What is going to happen? Don't they play Buffalo on Thanksgiving? Like, what in the world is going to happen when Josh Allen comes rolling through here? We still have to play Aaron Rodgers twice, right? I mean, at this point, Justin Fields will put 500 yards on us, right? So, I mean, so in a week, so next week when the Lions play the Patriots and they, they only score seven points on offense. Are we firing Ben Johnson because they just scored seven points in one game? <laughs> no, because the defense for Buff for New England is coached by Bill Belichick, and the offense for the Seahawks is coached by Pete Carroll. Right? Like there is no scenario where you can get destroyed by the Seahawks offense and keep your job. The Vikings, yes, if the Vikings had done this last week, that can make some sense, or the Rams, or most other teams, but you cannot get this obliterated by the Seahawks and maintain any sort of credibility as a coach. I mean, he would, he would have to put together what a top seven defense the rest of the way, which he's not going to do because Tracy Walker gets hurt and he can't even coach around it at all. I mean, Tracy Walker is really good, but he's one safety, right? The Steelers are playing, they're playing this split zone safety concept where you need two and you need, you need one like Tracy Walker, who's super versatile, right? And you have you have four or five days to get ready for your next opponent, and you throw in Kirby Joseph in there, who's not ready to play, right? It just Kirby Joseph is not ready to play. And I'm not saying I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying that to expect the Lions defense to be a top seven defense the rest of the way. You're going to be disappointed. They don't have. The I'm, I'm already disappointed because they give up 41 points to Geno Smith at home. I'm dis- already disappointed in in the Lions defense, and I think it's garbage. And what were you expecting of the Lions defense, though? Not 41 points to Geno Smith. I don't know 24 points because you're going to struggle because you don't have Tracy Walker. 41 points to the Seahawks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is. They only give up 38 to Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and it's not like their defense has been good. The Lions this year have scored more points than any NFL team in the history of the NFL in their first four games. They are one in three. Mm-hmm. That is a defense problem. Yes. Right. They are the most prolific scoring offense. They are the 2000 Rams on offense through four games. They didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown. They didn't have DeAndre Swift. The offense still put up 45 without yeah. their two best players but we lose one safety on defense and now it's okay to give up 41 to Geno Smith. Like, you know, this one instance, like the Lions probably should not fire uh, Aaron Glenn right now because of this one game, but like, it's clear now that this dude just does not have it. Like maybe he needs a ton of talent, but it's like a Jack Del Rio situation in Washington. Like it's clear it's not going to work for him, just like it was for Anthony in the last year and it's time to move on.
I I just I I just don't agree with this uh, desire to so be so aggressive in firing a dude. Um, <clears throat> when honestly, some of their players have sucked. But I mean, tell me, what has Charles Harris done for you? I'm not absolving the players in this particular situation as well, but the coaches also put players in the best position to win. The coaches also coach up the players to play better. Aaron Glenn was also a defensive back himself, mm-hmm. right? Like pretty damn good one, right? You could say they're going to struggle more than they should against Seattle because they lost Tracy Walker. That is fair. I'm not arguing against that. What I'm saying is I don't care if the entire starting 11 was out and the three of us were the secondary. You can't give up 41 points to Geno Smith. You can't get no pressure on Geno Smith. I didn't even write it down because it was so disheartening, but Geno uh, Pro Football Focus put out a tweet where like there were zero quarterback pressures on the Seahawks this week, and Geno retweeted it and said, Cook and Stakes back here. Wow. I, I mean, that's part of the problem is that Aaron Glenn knew that tra- their traditional the traditional ways of, of getting pressure was not happening. So they needed to blitz and bring everybody. But the problem is when you do that, you leave everybody in the back end in man coverage. They're not capable of playing that way. They're just not. No, I understand. I, I don't think they're capable of playing very well, and I hold the defensive coordinator responsible for them not being capable of playing good defense. Uh, so are we going to – do we fire Brad Holmes for not bringing in better players? I mean, where where do we end with that? With that? Well, Brad Holmes could at least make a, take his claim to the offense, too, because he's in charge of the entire team. So he gets to take both sides of the ball. So he can take some credit on the other side, too. And the thing, too, is that it's not just that they lost. It's the manner in which they lost. Like, the Seahawks should not be able to do this to anybody, not even Houston. The Chargers didn't do this to Houston, right? And also, Eckler got, like, three touchdowns, but they scored 27 or 34 points or something normal. You know what I mean? The Steelers don't have TJ Watt. They lost Minka Fitzpatrick. The Jets still only got 24. They get paid to play, man. They're professional athletes. They get paid to play. Any given Sunday, people can lose, bro. But and they can lose bad. We've seen yeah, teams. Yeah, the, I mean the Lions it was a really bad defensive performance. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, no right. one's just gotten that. Yeah. And if at the end of the year it turns out it was an absolute outlier and they've been perfectly average the rest of the way. Well, then maybe, but what are the chances? Uh, I don't think it's reasonable to think that they're going to be perfectly average on defense. I, I don't think it is either because the defensive coordinator sucks. <laughs> game, okay. game film went out to all the teams, so they're right. watching like, the game film on you guys. <laughs> right. Even if it's this defensive coordinator cannot overcome the shortcomings of the team, then he's still the wrong defensive coordinator for the position. Now, as far as like the more oh, macro. I agree with that for sure. Right yeah. now, as far as like the more macro, well, who could they bring in and that sort of thing? Like, it's it's uh, fire Aaron Glenn is my name today. Is more like the Russ has never been good. It's not literal. It's the vibe that it gives. Right, like, no, it's probably a desperate move to fire the guy after week four. I mean, Matt Rule still has a job, but this does not portend good things. Like, there's no. This dude's not winning defensive coordinator of the year in 2026 for the Lions, right? He's going to be a special assistant in Alabama breaking down game film. I mean, we don't know. Um, what what we kind of do know is that they need they need to play better in, uh, pretty much everywhere. But I, So there are a couple of things that confuse me. 
I don't know why they're lining up Aiden Hutchinson so much in a three-point stance and just kind of burying him inside. I don't totally get it. Um, he's on the record for telling everybody he likes to play out of a two-point stance. He likes to play a little wider. I So, I mean, is this a, is this a limited personnel thing? I don't know. Uh, Charles Harris has sucked. Has sucked. His like his his pass win uh, pass rush win rate is like eight um, percent in that range. That seems pretty bad. It's bad. Where Hutchinson's is like twenty percent, and it's actually pretty high for a rookie pass rusher who's probably seen a little more double teams than than not because Charles Harris is just not doing anything really at all. You know, and then. I mean, the best player on their defense is their sixth round linebacker. He's a freaking linebacker. Like you don't, they don't impact the game that much. Okuda has been really good. Like a little reclamation project coming back from injury, but it's just, they've had to be so aggressive with their front seven because they can't get pressure on the quarterbacks. I, I mean, I would tell you that if, if they didn't do that and if they weren't aggressive, you and I would be screaming about, Hey, can we throw a blitz in? Can we mix in a blitz in somewhere here or there? It's just they seem to get stuck in the idea that they needed to blitz every down. And Seattle caught them. They did. Multiple times. Yes. Yeah. And it was just, it was just god awful. So it was, so, it was a terrible for performance. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, you asked me how I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> um uh not not particularly good. So yeah, Seahawks 48, Lions 45, Goff throws a pick six. Only last note on this game here. TJ Hawkinson finally shows up. Eight catches, 179 yards, and two touchdowns. Nice for a top, you know, for the eighth overall pick to uh do that. Sure couldn't use Ed Oliver on this team. You think? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but but that guy's fired, right? That wasn't Brad Holmes that made that draft pick. That's the last guy. That's Bob Quinn and okay. Christian. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. All right. Uh going back to last Thursday, we have another uh uh more macro thing to talk about. Dolphins 15 at the Bengals 27. Cleve Tua got his, his second concussion in four days. It's insane that he came back in the game on Sunday. It's insane that he played on Thursday. And the, the doctor that let Tua come back to the game on Sunday has been scapegoated. I, I mean, fired <laughs> for uh, for doing that. And Tua already ruled out for week five. So, Cleve, how bad must this concussion be to be ruled out on Sunday on Tuesday? Well, there's a couple things here. So, I mean, we all, the three of us have seen enough football to know that that wasn't a back uh, injury or or an, or a neck injury. We've seen enough of that in, in our lives. So he was concussed to clear protocols in three days. I don't, I don't care who cleared him. The eye test is the eye test. Like, hey, you know what? You cleared this, but we're just going to take a precaution not to play you because it just looks bad. Um, I used to box. And when a guy, when a guy falls down with gloves on, gets knocked down, you can't see his because his hands are wrapped. But when mm -hmm. someone spazzes like that, when I mean, you see guys in boxing, they they do this and they they twitch and stuff. It's a it's a your brain is hitting against your head like you're it's it it's shuffling around in there. Um, as much shit as I gave to her for not being a tough guy or or you know he's not always available, I think they did him a an incredible disservice. Right. Even if he wanted to play, just like when when um when uh RG3 was Tootsie rolling back to the to the huddle and Shanahan played him, 
I'm like, this guy's leg is shot. Like he's done. His knee is, is shot. Yeah. You know, like you see things on the field, like, you, like it doesn't look right. Right. I didn't even finish the game. I, you know, you just told me I knew that the Bengals won, but I didn't know about what score because I couldn't after watching it. And I'm like, come on, I'm, I think I'm done for the night. I just really couldn't watch that because it was scary. The guy was, you know, if, if you're his, if you're his family members, if you're, you know, your teammates, thank God those two linemen were like, you know, were, were telling people on Sunday, Hey, bring him to the sideline. He's not good. He should have never came back out. And mm-hmm. um, I hope it comes out with this doctor that he was told to fudge the records or he was pressured or something, because I don't think it was, it's just him going rogue and said, yeah, he's good. No, I, I think it goes way up the chain on that. And it's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting, bro. Disgusting. Yeah. I, uh, I thought this was, I thought it was just absolutely atrocious. What, what happened here, Scott, what were your thoughts on the whole two uh, concussion situation? The same stuff. It's just, it was, uh, it was crazy to watch. I mean, those injuries are always brutal. Um, what is it called? The fencing pose? Is that what it's referred to? Yeah, where he's up there, he's throwing up the gang signs. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, um, you guys know who Chris Nowinski is? Uh yeah. I'm the yeah, I know the name. So like the concussion expert dude from uh I wanna say it's the I've lost my mind on on where he's from, but he's he's like a uh, he was part of the CTE stuff that went on mm-hmm. a few okay. years ago, and he tweeted before the game that if you know if some if if they put Tua on the field, they're just asking for just awful things. And I did like, see that. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you know if somebody else with some sense of awareness of a concussion uh, issues can be prescient enough to to know this ahead of time, it's kind of a problem for the NFL not to. It's just the is. most. The most egregious thing that people aren't talking about is the fact that he flew back that night. He got on an airplane, pressurized yeah. cabin with a yeah. fucking head injury and flew back to, to wherever. Like, seriously, they spend the night in the hospital, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you're, you know, you're good for it. You know, you have the money to do that. But to get on a plane a few hours after, come on, man, like this Bush League shit, Bush League. Hope, hopefully it changes. It changes the the approach like you know, I mean, injuries suck, right? But these kind of injuries, these life-altering things, uh, maybe, maybe the NFL takes this as the opportunity. I doubt it <laughs> because it's the NFL, but it's it's you know. Uh, but I mean, I, I I would hope there would be some changes as to their policies. Yeah, Goodell didn't even speak. No statement from the league office that I don't, unless I miss something. What's no statement from the league that? office, none yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, we're That's investigating. Insane. That's insane. Yeah. And he was at yeah. the game. He was at the game. It was I, ugly. Yeah, they there've been talk there's been talk about so I don't know the concussion protocol. I just sort of assumed it made sense, which is my fault. <laughs> but apparently like if you can explain the symptoms due to something else, you can just say it's the something else. So maybe Tua did also hurt his back and they were like, "Oh, he could have stumbled because he also hurt his back. He's good. Where it said it should be like, oh, he has a concussion, so he's not good no matter I, what. I test, man. Like, yeah. Like, Dave, if I, if we're hanging out and you're, you know, we had a couple of drinks and you're stumbling around to go home, I'm like, Dave, you, you probably had a little bit too much. Let me take you, get you in an Uber or whatever it is. I'm not going to let you drive because my eye test, you know, no, no, Cleve, I'm good. No, you're not good. You're stumbling around. Like, you're not good. Right. You know, I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to put someone in. It's it's weak 
four. Yeah. <laughs> it's week. It's so, not a playoff game or the Super Bowl. It's week four. Are you kidding? So the injury that he that he so-called had to his back, the play before he was concussed two weeks ago makes me wonder um was he concussed even then? So mm. would this be that's three? Great, that's I was gonna go there later, Scott, with this, but you and I know a play when he got whipped around, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And they're saying he kind of fell backwards yep. and he, you know, got yep. rolled, whatever. Yep. Um, and he laid down, he laid there like something was up. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like I wonder if he was concussed then and he just played through it, and then obviously uh the one where he stumbles around, we know is a head injury for sure. It's just, it's just, you know, I mean, this kind of stuff makes it hard to, like, it, you know, if you're explaining it to people who aren't fans of the NFL, why you would watch that, it's hard to justify it. Right. It just is. It's just ugly. It. Right. Because you can say, uh, say we were talking to folks from overseas, by the way, Game in London, we're talking about next, our listener in the UK is back. So hello to them. Um, they're trying to explain to other folks across the pond. Like, yes, the NFL, there are violent injuries that happen. Everybody knows that going in. And so the league, the players, everybody focuses on safety as much as they can and take care of everybody. The part that's hard is when they're like, yeah, this dude was clearly concussed. We put him back in the game that started him Thursday night, and now he's writhing around on the ground throwing up gang signs being stretchered off. That's the part that's hard to hard to explain. Like, why you just hold him out of the game then if he had a concussion? It is hard to explain. Also, their backups not even bad. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is better than Geno Smith. This is what I'm saying. Like it's week oh four. Oh my it, gosh! Here week, we go. It's week four, man. There was no reason for him to play that game. It's week four. Right. It's right. Week four. Like, the, and you're every, harming yourself going forward because now yes. you don't have him. Yes. Later in the season. Go. The every player, every ex player that I saw interviewed or or was on a had a mic in front of them showed you how every other player actually showed you how to beat the concussion protocol. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they they literally, they literally said, Hey, you know what? Um, Tua, you know, and again, I'm just, I'm just marginalizing like Tua, Tua is the bag on him has been that he's not been, he's not been durable and he wants to play. Obviously he wants to play. He's, he's going to, he well, is he up for money next year? Is it next year? Two years. Two years. Okay. So he's trying to secure a spot in the NFL because this may be his last. This was his season to show, hey, I'm I'm NFL. I'm an NFL quarterback. You know. So it sucks for him. And and I hope that later on, when he's 45, he's he's looking back and like, man, I actually got on TV and said it was my back. It was it was my neck. It wasn't. It, you know. Come on, man. We we saw what we saw. We knew what we saw. Yeah, the, no. the last for me on this is the doctor who was in the CT, the doctor who Will Smith played in the movie, the CTE movie. I don't mm-hmm. know his name. I should know his name. Yeah. To, pretty much is on, is out there telling Tua that he should retire. Wow. That the injuries are, I mean, that the, the concussions are too soon and that it's just, you know, at this point in time, there's too much risk. Uh, no matter how much time they give him away from, from you know, how much time they they get away from this this injury last Thursday? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't I mean, know. The last player I could think of was was it Mel Hodge that walked away from? Yeah, he, he had some concussions. Then Troy Aikman was another one. Where Troy Aikman uh, doesn't doesn't remember Chris a Super Borland Bowl. from the Chris Borland. That's yeah. the linebacker from yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah, I think, and honestly, I think Andrew Luck took left the NFL for reasons very similar. Um, 
along a similar track to the concussion issue, uh, maybe medication issues. I mean, it 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 goes to show you on on the other side of that coin. The I need to the, rephrase that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the Peyton Mannings of the world, the um, the even uh even um, Brett Favre's like these guys have played so long. Iron Man, like you yeah. know that they've they've had concussions. Oh God, you know, they've had please, concussions. Please do not try to give Brett Favre legal defense now. Oh no no no! I'm I, I separate the football player from the scumbag. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of scumbag there. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't mean to say that Andrew Luck had had medication issues. What I meant to say was the injuries piled up so much on him that he knew that his quality of life, of life was going to be reduced. Yeah, uh, his ability to be a father to his children was going to be reduced, and he was smart enough to know um, while it was happening that his career as an NFL player wasn't as important as his pursuits were off the field. So, you know, congrats to him for doing that. It's just, it's a, it's such, that's a, such a difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously he had millions of dollars and, and he had the financial freedom to do that, but still, it's still a remarkable thing for a young man to, to choose. It just is. Yeah, I mean, you play you play a lot of football. You play from Pee Wee all the way up to the pros. And if you got a 10-year career in the pro, that's a lot of football. Yeah, a lot of football. Yep. The uh next game we have here, we have the Vikings 28 at the Saints 25. This game was in London. Uh couple notes on this game. Justin Jefferson, 10 catches, 147 yards, one carry for three yards and a touchdown, and the Vikings won. I wonder if these things are related. The weirdest thing, though, from this game is not what happened on the field for me. The weirdest thing for me happened before the game. I know what you're going to say. So they sang the American National Anthem because it's the NFL, so they sing the Star Spangled Banner. And then they sang the uh, United Kingdom National Anthem, which has always been God Save the Queen. Not anymore. But not anymore. They changed it to God Save the King. And like when I, I'm like half asleep as they're singing because like 9 30 in the morning, and I like panicked. I was like, did they just mess up the words? Like, what what is happening? Like, it took me a second to remember, like, oh yeah. And like now James Bond is in like his majesty's service, right? Like all this stuff is gonna have to change around this. Things I'd never even thought about before. Um uh also like because the queen had always been there for so long, like it felt like of course, the song is about her. Felt really strange having a song about Prince King Charles. Like this dude don't get a song. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> think any of them should get any. Of that. I don't, well, you know yeah. what I mean. But like in general, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. what yeah. what have you done? You know what I mean? Like you ain't you ain't nobody. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the God save the king. Also, get a different national anthem. That's weird. I mean, the whole monarchy is weird, but. Like basically praying for the safety of like the most protected and opulent person in the country. I do not think that we as United States citizens should be talking about what other countries should be doing um, in any way, shape, or form ever, at this point at all. Sorry, I we mean, not be. We're not in a position to be doing this. Well, we're in, we're in slight of a slight position to be doing it in some cases. Uh, for one thing, the monarchy is weekend it is now their monarchy is no weaker than our nation so there's that but uh secondly the star-spangled banner is racist and not good but if the, uh, but if our national anthem was god save jeff bezos 
I'd rather have the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, like, can we sing about, like, have a song about the country? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, not, like, every, everybody's national anthem should just be, oh, Canada. That song is awesome. <laughs> it really is cool. But I, I mean, it speaks to what, what I think, um, you know, the whole, the concept of uh, England, like, you know, for a long time, it was about the king and the or, or the queen or whatever. It was. It's just, you know, we're in modern times and, and they've obviously moved away from that. But it's still, it's still, you're, Dave, it was bizarre to hear that. It really it was. was like, huh. It was oh, jarring. Yeah. She did die. Yeah. Disclosure, I, I've i never watched an in, in overseas NFL game in my entire life. Oh, you should watch the ones in Mexico. That's just not overseas. But you should watch the ones in Mexico. Those are lit. Yeah. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've they never love watched. the NFL down there. Nice. Yep. Um. Last thing in this game, so Cleve, you did not watch this game. Did you see how it ended? Uh, was it on the kick? It was uh, the the Saints missed the field goal to tie it. They double doinked it. it. It it rattled. Yeah, but off the post, off the crossbar, and back out. Double doinked it for the it was loss. Like a, it was like a hockey puck, just you know, oh, you break it off like, the crossbar, yep. then the post, like the old out. Jordan commercial, off the rafters, off the yep. window. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I was four when that commercial came out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> why are so, you giving it? You're not even old. What the hell? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just letting you guys know, uh, uh, that you guys are old farts. Um, so yeah, double doink to end the game on a 61 yard attempt. You know how mad I would be if I had a 61 yarder to tie the game and I double doinked it for the miss. Uh, if you made one from 65 off the crossbar. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the English commentators though said that that should be worth points. Like if you hit the crossbar, it should be worth even more. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not that is not that's not the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Um Maybe all right, that'll be one of the new Pro Bowl skills that they're that they're gonna <laughs> deploy. Who knows? We could bet on it, which is super cool. Oh, I cannot wait to bet on all these Pro Bowl skills. This is gonna be Can crazy. You tell me, like if they play a flag football game, it, it would be the most electric thing ever. It would yeah. as long as they don't play it on sand. <laughs> for the because of the the New England running back because of Robert Edwards yeah <laughs> yeah uh so that's not let's not do that Cleve Jets 24 at the Steelers 20 Zach Wilson comes back from injury looks like absolute puke garbage in the first half settles down plays a lot better in the second half what do you think of your boy Zach I mean <clears throat> he played good he played great when he needed to we need we needed we needed scores and we needed him to play great uh, I'm still not sold on him obviously, but he gets a pass because he's missed. He didn't have a camp and he's missed four weeks of football, three weeks of football. So uh, it was expected uh, when Kenny Pickett got in and started doing his thing. I was getting nervous, but then of course him being a rookie, you know, flinging it, stinging it, whatever he had to do uh, felt, felt good at the end there. Scott, uh, Kenny Pickett comes to the game in the second half. Goes 10 of 13 for 120 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Two of the picks were tipped off of the receiver's hands. The third was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Yeah. So I'm not as the one to Claypool, especially Claypool should have just caught. He really uh that was like oh, little boy shit game. from Chase Claypool. He's like six five, two, they're like this is like people on the on the freeway in the sports cars driving too slow. Yes. Like Chase, if you don't want to use that body to win these 50 50 balls, I will take it. <laughs> I won't be 6'5", 230, look like Thor, go out here and make these catches if you don't want to. All right? Get it together. Yeah. Um, but do you think that Mike Tomlin's decision 
to start Mitch Trubisky when they had 10, ga- 10 days because they played Thursday the week before. They had 10 days to get Pickett ready to start. They don't. They have Trubisky ready to go. They have to pull Trubisky anyways because, obviously, do you think that decision cost them this game? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they have been getting Kenny Pickett ready. I, I don't know what their practice structure looks like. Uh, he, I, he played well when he got in there. I, I don't, it's not like he threw glaringly awful picks. Um, I mean, he it, did have a couple rushing touchdowns. I mean, he, yeah, looked- I mean, it was his first time in a big, in a, in a meaningful game, like in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. So I, like I said, I, he, yeah, he, he wasn't terrible. And again, a rookie trying to make something happen. Like you said, like you guys said, Claypool dropped, uh, the Hail Mary was a 50, 50 ball. Right. You know? So yeah, I mean, but he showed sparks, and that's what they needed because Mitch, Mitch ain't it. Mitch is not it. No, Mitch is not it. We've seen and it has not been for a while. Yeah. That was a bizarre off-season uh, decision they made. I, no clue. Sign. It. it just well, was. Him, it no, felt no like clue. no clue. Yeah, yeah, and it felt like, uh, and then drafting Pickett. You know, I mean, maybe this is they. Maybe this is great that you know he, Trubisky played himself to the bench and kind of forced their hand in some ways. And now they're, they're going to commit and be all in going forward. Yeah. You know, for Pickett, maybe that's a good thing. Um, I didn't love Pickett coming out. So maybe I'm the wrong person to talk about him so much, but I thought he played okay. I did, you know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to kill him just yet. No, no. I mean, I, I think it caps them that entire offense for a little bit, but. There's one other thing to keep in mind. It's not as capped as it was with Trubisky. No. No, he at least threw it downfield to Chase Claypool to drop it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's one other thing about this too, though, about this decision and why they should have started him in this game. Because this game, you're home against the Jets. Sorry, Khalif, but you're home against the Jets. That's a pretty decent spot to get your first start. The absolute worst quarterback so far in uh, standard fantasy scoring this season is Justin Fields. He has the lowest points of any quarterback that's played all four games. He's got the fewest points. However, quarterback against Buffalo is like one player. All the quarterbacks that have played Buffalo so far are beneath that, right? Collectively, quarterbacks against Buffalo are doing worse than Justin Fields this year. Wow, Next week, Pittsburgh bad. is at Buffalo. Damn. So you yeah. could have started him at home against the Jets for his first game. Now he's going to first start on the road against Buffalo. Maybe he pulls a Matt Flynn. <laughs> he could. Geno Smith did this week. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, uh, I am trying to let it go. And by it, I mean uh, of uh, Aaron Glenn and go, I mean, from his job. Um, Bears 12, Giants 20. This game sucked. Uh, this was a game between two awful teams. The difference is that one of these teams has Saquon Barkley and the other doesn't. <laughs> that was literally the only difference in this game. Uh, Cleve, six Giants caught passes in this game. Saquon Barkley was obviously one of them. Can you name two of the other five? No. I, I'm not even going to try. So, and Kenny Galladay did not have a catch. Okay, well, that, that, there's my one. The The leading rece- the leading pass catcher on the day was Daniel Bellinger. Three no, catches right. for 23 yards. He's a rookie tight end out of San Diego State. He might be okay. The second leading receiver was Tanner Hudson, two catches for 18 yards. Boom. 
Yes. And then there were three wide receivers with one catch each. Darius Slayton, Richie James, and David Sills. David Sills from West Virginia fame, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Giants are in a lot of trouble. They are, yeah. in a t- they are in a ton of trouble if they cannot generate any offense at all. Also, uh, Danny Dimes hurt his ankle and Tyra Taylor got concussed. So I don't even know who their quarterback would be this week if uh, Dimes can't go. They um, brought in uh, Jake Fromm to work out. He's still in the league? Oh, no, he can't no, be in the league. Just, oh, okay. You know. Yeah. I thought he was driving DoorDash, as Dave would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they could trade for Drew Locke. He's not busy now that Geno's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what do you think Drew Locke would have did against the Lions on Sunday? Not that. <laughs> do you not think he would have put up 35? I think he probably would have done the exact same because, honestly, I think so long as you aren't totally inept in that game, you could have done what Geno did. Right. The real question is, what would Patrick Mahomes have done in that game? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I think Geno probably did the floor. Right, I think he probably like did what was just kind of there. Right, Man. if we if we put, could you imagine what if we put Tua and the Dolphins receivers in that game? Right, yeah. they put up four hundred and six on Baltimore. Like they would have gone insane in that game. So, uh, yeah, so Drew Lock could be available for for the Giants to go to go and get. But yeah, this game was just terrible. Uh, Cleve, the Giants are three and one. I was gonna just say that. Like with <laughs> man, it's great. It's crazy. Maybe the worst 3 one team in history. Uh, next game how here bad, we got. How bad is Justin Fields, Dave? <sighs> it's it's a little hard to say. It's a it's a little hard to say. Why He's, is it so hard to say, dude? Well, give it to us. Come on, you got to say it. Yeah. So so there's a couple there's a couple things here. Uh, this was his best game so far, like by question, and it was the best game play calling wise too. They actually threw the ball to Moody down the field. Fields dropped back 35 times to throw. He had been averaging like 16 drop backs a game through the first three, through the first three games. The monsoon game against the 49ers in week one is in there as well. Um, couple of reasons. Their offense is garbage. Their offensive line is terrible. Their best receiver is Darnell Mooney, who is like a decent number two at best. They don't have any other receivers. Cole Komet is a mannequin. He is just white Kenny Galladay at this point. That dude cannot move at all. Uh, David Montgomery is hurt, which, like, who cares because he's just a guy. But they bring in Khalil Herbert, who is slightly better than David Montgomery, but he's all they have back there as well. Like, the coach could also be a stone moron. I mean, that's also in play here. They might have no idea what they're doing. We don't know enough about Everflus to, to know, really. It's just a bad environment and a bad situation all the way around, and he is clearly not good enough to overcome that bad environment, which I would have thought he would have been to at least put up some numbers. Maybe not to get some wins, but to at least put up some numbers, and he is not good enough to overcome that awful environment. Yeah. He, uh, yes. <laughs> some of the issues Some of the issues present, like uh, watching him, him at Ohio State are present now. And because they're so, uh, because their offense is so bad, it makes it worse. They're, I mean, they have a terrible offensive line, and you know he has a desire to hold on to the ball too long, which means he's he's bringing too much pressure upon himself, and uh, struggling to understand 
um, you know, what's happening in front of them to the point where they talked about in camp how how they wanted they needed to bring players in motion to give him to to let him uh, quickly be able to decipher what what whether the de- uh, defense is in zone or man coverage and it's like okay if that's where we are with a quarterback who's played for a while that he doesn't know what the defense is in unless you quickly show him by motioning a couple things one you're in trouble with that quarterback and two defenses are going to be re- are really going to be able to confuse him and yeah it, i mean it's that's obvious what's i mean there's some of that um so you know with him it's like if they don't fix that offensive line and get him some help it's it's not going to work yeah, they could be the worst team in the league this year pretty easily, especially now that Seattle stole a game in Detroit. Like, they really could end up with the they first don't overall have that pick. first round pick this year either, right? The, oh, the Giants have that. I thought they. I thought the Giants had it this year. Did they give them two firsts to move up? I thought they gave them the first in 2021 and then the first in 2022. I, I'd have to look. I think the Bears have their own 2023 first, but I, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't swear to it. Um, the Saints have the Eagles have the Saints first round pick. That's going to be fun for them. Um, but again, landing spot here does matter as well. If Justin Fields were on the Jets or the 49ers, he's probably doing a lot better than he is on the Bears. And if Zach Wilson were on the Bears, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I do think that the landing spot is pretty important. If Justin Fields had gone to the Patriots instead of Mac Jones, right. I mean, a lot of that stuff really does does matter as well. But it's clear that he is himself not good enough to overcome the terrible situation that he that he finds himself in. Um, I'm not ready to say that he's bad just yet, but but it's closer than I want to be. That's for sure. Um, next game here, we've got the Titans 24 at the Colts 17. It's a Maddie Ice special right here. AFC South kind of meaningless, but the Titans at least look somewhat good. Derrick Henry 22. For 114 and a touchdown, three catches for 33 yards. Cleve, the Titans are at least trying to get Derrick Henry involved in the passing game. Does that give you some hope for this team going forward? No, I don't think they're doing shit this year. Tannehill, pedestrian at best. No, I I agree. Uh, On the other side, the Colts. uh, Scott Matt Ryan is dust. I think he's like late. He's like late stage Eli Manning bad. He he looks terrible, and it's it's a miss for me because I thought he would not. Um, but I did think that uh, the coach kind of earliest on the hot seat would be uh, Indy's coach, Reich. I just did uh, in case something like this were to happen. That's a good team. I mean, at least they have they have some pretty good talent on that team. And then you bring in a player like Matt Ryan and set the expect expectations to be, you know, we we missed the playoffs last year because of what happens in week. Whatever week was a week eighteen, whatever it was, yep. and um, the expectations are fully for playoffs. And it, <laughs> Matt Ryan, you're right. I mean, he looks awful, like awful. Yeah, but Watch. but the rest of the team looks bad too. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's game twenty carries for forty two yards. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, they're burning. They're burning. Uh, you know, rookie uh, running back contracts they're going to have to make a choice to pay him and they're obviously they're going to but michael pittman's on a rookie deal they're burning that mm-hmm. um you know yeah it's it's a bad it's a bad situation there it just is what i would like to see the colts do and i don't know that they would do this i don't know that the bears would do this i don't know that anybody has 
I don't know that anybody in the NFL has the risk tolerance for something like this, but I would like the Bears to admit that it's not working and the Colts admit that Matt Ryan's not working and to send Matt Ryan and some picks to the Bears for fields. Like right now. Right now. Because it's not going to work for the Bears no matter what. Yeah. And it's not working for the Colts, but maybe. Right. You get some young guy in there, some better coaching, you know, whatever, something like that. You know, <clears throat> you have two teams that are just not going to do anything. And I just feel like in the NFL too much, these sort of middle of the road teams or bad teams just sort of stay stuck and don't ever like make any big swings to try to make any big changes. Yeah. But it's clear that this is not working for either of them. It's like, just do it now. Like just and because field is on the rookie deal. You can still get a good package for him, including Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, Right, because the Bears need it because their second leading receiver is Vellis Jones, who is forty-eight years old. So, and a rookie, yeah, and a rookie. Um, like Byron Pringle went on IR, and I was like, "Oh my god, the receiver core is decimated." But you should never think about Byron Pringle. Um, uh, I mean, Cole Komet looks so bad. Jesper Horstad is going to start getting snaps. I don't know if he's still on the team, uh, but if he is, he's going to start getting snaps. What That's a real person. Is, is he injured? Is he banged up? Because he does look he does look super robotic. Uh, no, I think that Ryan Pace is awful and drafts bad players. And Cole Komet's <laughs> a bad player. Um, first tight end off the board in that draft class. Probably not the right pick. Um, so I would like to see something like that, like some big in-season shakeup. Off-season, you get Devontae going to the Raiders and Tyreek to the Dolphins, Russ to the Broncos. There's something right now. Like, this isn't working. The Colts have to try something. Like their team's good enough and their division is bad enough. They should try something. We're going to do just watching Jacksonville win the division. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause, but I think you're right. I don't, I don't think there's enough risk tolerance uh, for, uh, for anybody in the NFL to make that kind of a move. I mean, imagine, imagine that the Colts four weeks into the Matt Ryan experiment, just, yeah, we're done. I mean, you and I, you and I Cleve would love it. Because it's it's recognition of what we can see with our eyes, right? You know, uh, and maybe the Bears even recognizing that it, it ain't going to work. Justin Fields isn't going to work here for for a what we have around him and be the kind of player he is. Uh, maybe that resurrects things for him uh, somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, it's it's unrealistic to think it's gonna that's gonna happen. Yeah, I would just like to see something like that sort of uh sort of happen. Uh, speaking of trying to run it back with the same thing over and over again, having it never work, uh, the Texans scored 24 points less than the Chargers 34 points, which, by the way, the Chargers scored two touchdowns fewer than the Seahawks did this week. Um, Austin Eckler in this game, 13 carries for 60 yards and two touchdowns, six catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cleve, one thing I noticed here is that uh, Justin Herbert is back to 100%. You think? <laughs> yeah, he was He was looking good. Uh out there. He did not look like he was afraid of any hits. He was chucking the ball around. Um, Scott, did you, were you impressed with the Chargers performance or did it just feel sort of like they sort of just went in there and took care of business and got out of there? Cause I actually thought they played pretty well um, on offense anyways. They did. And uh, getting Eckler involved sure helps things, right? Like, I mean, that's an explosive player. Mm -hmm. um, he hadn't been all that involved through three games. And I know that, the Herbert injury and all that stuff. I don't know how Herbert reco recovers from that injury this fast. It's just, you know, I mean, how much tore it all did they give this dude? <laughs> they shot him up good. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, they look good. Their offense looked really good. And, and you know, talk about a team that's decimated with injuries, too. I mean, you missed you missed Rashawn Slater, the starting left tackles out. They replaced him with some dude. Who knows who it is? Uh, I mean, I know who it is, but I couldn't tell you who it is. Right. Um, he gave up zero pressures. You know, uh, they're missing uh, Joey Bosa. That team is just, it's like cursed. Keenan Allen. Keenan, yeah, Keenan Allen. Um, Mike Williams had a decent game, but, uh, it, you know, it was the Eckler show. Yep. Uh, yeah, they look good on offense. They did. Cleve, the Texans uh, are bad, but they have shown some signs of life on offense. Damian Pierce, the 75-yard touchdown run in this game. Brandon Cooks. A uh, few catches, few yards, touchdown. Nico Collins went three for eighty-two. I think. Um, are the Texans, Cleve, set up in a better spot for twenty-three and twenty-four than Indianapolis? For sure. For sure. So going into next year, when I ask you to do the the win totals, you're going to have Houston above Indianapolis. Most likely, yeah. And they have Unless, multiple. That's a team that has multiple first rounders, right? Yes, they should. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they should. They, yeah, because they had two this year. The Shots have two next year, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then the year after that, because of Watson. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they should have multiple first rounders every year. Also, they took that guard in like the fifteenth overall pick, which is a terrible decision. It doesn't matter if he ends up being uh the next um Brandy McDaniel or whatever. Uh, it's still gonna be a bad bad pick because where they took him. But he looks good, at least. Like at least like a hit on the pick. So, you know that's a uh, that's a start. But I agree. I would not be shocked, depending what the Colts do at quarterback. I would not be shocked if next year we are more bullish on the Texans than we are on the Colts. For sure, it's crazy to think about that. Yes, uh, the next game here was one of the most frustrating, but also satisfying games on the weekend. Cleve the Browns twenty, the Falcons twenty three. I, I'm so glad this is happening to the Browns. Get a load of these stats for the Falcons. Mariota goes 7 of 19 for 139 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Drake London has two catches for 17 yards. Kyle Pitts has one catch for 25 yards, and they won. How? <laughs> what happened? Karma, maybe? Maybe. Divine intervention? Well, Miles Garrett was out, right? So the pressure factor was, was not not yeah. a little bit there. Did it need um, to be? He was seven of nineteen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like he sucked, anyways, right? The I'm a so I'm rooting against the Browns like everyone else is this year as well. But I'm a Jacoby Brissett guy, and I just feel so sorry for this fucking guy being on that team. I just well, he so sucks bad. too. He was awful in this game. He's yeah, part of the yeah. reason why the Falcons are able to win. Yeah, it, it it was. This was a thank God for red zone weekend. Every 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 time, every other weekend, you're like thank God for red zone because I could not be in. That was an in market game for me. Oh my God, probably couldn't watch that. No, I watch any in market games on a, on a Sunday weekend, <laughs> um, uh, or on a Sunday afternoon. Scott Jacoby Brissett, as I mentioned, not very good in this game. <sighs> But they have no choice but just roll with him until Watson comes back, right? There's no improvement or anything, right? I, I don't know what the other options they would have. Yeah. And he's doing a fine job of getting that offense. I mean, Nick he's Chubb is he's, fine. He's managing it. He's managing yeah. it. He's a game manager. He's, you know, yeah. Next game, we got the Commanders 10 at the Cowboys 25. Um, This was the most boring game of the weekend. 
even more than the Giants and Bears, because at least it was so bad it was entertaining. This game was never close, even though the Commanders were the one score in the fourth quarter. Like it didn't matter. They had never had any chance of winning this game. Cooper Rush is now three and zero this season. The Cowboys are contenders of the NFC because they're three and one and Dak's coming back and they're they're looking pretty they're looking pretty good. CD Lamb, nine catches or six catches for ninety seven yards and a touchdown. Uh Cleve, anything on this game. Nope. Thank Scott. God it was red. Thank God it was the red. Jerseys red. the commanders wore were horrific. <laughs> That's all. That's all I you got. Like, you hit the black and yellow. They were like, the uh, lines it over. Like, it was bizarre. Framing like, the names on the jerseys with the yellow line like that. Terrible look. Yeah. Like if the Steelers decided they wanted to come up with some awful throwback uh, and do a really shitty job of it. That's what they would have come out with. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah, it, it was terrible. Uh next game, Jaguars 21, the Eagles 29. Close game, closer yet, Cleve, because the Jags are up 14 to nothing to start this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And the Eagles mm-hmm. had to claw and fight their way back. Really bad weather here. Rain and yeah. wind up over from Ian. Worse than we had it here in the DMV for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Cleve, Trevor Lawrence lost how many fumbles in this game? Was it two? Four. Wow. And he threw a pick. So I'm sure that's I'm sure the weather had something to do with that. But Jalen Hurts didn't fumble four times. But I'm sure the weather had something to do with that. But still, yeah. Uh start calling him Trevor Dimes. Five turnovers, four fumbles. Got his game check. Yeah, uh, Scott, the only like formation note I noted here for the Jaguars is that with Zay Jones out, they moved Christian Kirk outside, Yeah, which even stone dead uh, Cliff Kingsbury knew last year to keep Christian Kirk in the slot. Yep. Like you play him in the slot. Yes. You don't play him outside. He can't do anything. You play him in the slot. Yes. He needs like, a two-way go. Yes. You can bring in any scrub off the street to run nine routes on the outside, hit their wind sprints. If you need, you keep Christian Kirk in the slot. Yes. Why is it so hard? I don't know. I, I mean, who else, I, you know, they have Marvin Jones. They, they have, they have, they have people, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know why teams do this stuff at times. Like the, the outsmarting of, of themselves kind of thing. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, just just and I mean, a smart group down there. They're they're not. I mean, they're smart football people. At least yeah. Doug Peterson is. This is one of those things where, as I'm watching this game, I'm like, "What in the world are they pot? Like, maybe it's fancy play syndrome. Like, maybe they thought they saw something on tape, but they could. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Christian Kirk plays in the slot, and that's it. Do not move him around. You're messing <laughs> with my money. Also, you're going to have a chance to win. Play him in the slot where he belongs. Um. Eagles, only undefeated team left in the league, still looking really good. Jalen Hurts is that dude. You know, they came back. Uh, A.J. Brown, 5 for 95. Miles Sanders with a couple touchdowns in this game. They're just a good, complete, all-around team. Cleve, have you still not bet the Eagles to win the NFC? Nope. Not yet. All right. Well, um, I'll I'll send you a photo of my winnings uh, <laughs> offline. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. There we go. Next game, Bills 23 at the Ravens 20 as a adopted Ravens fan. This was also frustrating. Thankfully for me, I was too busy being mad at Aaron Glenn to be mad at uh, John Harbaugh. 
So the Ravens are up 20 to three in the second half of this game. Cleve, the game was tied at 20, four minutes to go, fourth and goal, the four yard line for Baltimore. They went for it rather than kick the field goal. Now the analytics, all the models say this is basically a toss up. This is a 50, 50 decision mathematically at the time it happened. Did you have a strong thought? And now in hindsight, do you have a strong thought? Yeah. So I was, I was at Maddie Ice's house watching the games and I said to Matt, I turned to Matt and I said, you go for the points here because if they lose this game, it's going to be by three. I shit you not. That's what I said. I don't know what, like four minutes on the clock. Like, what are you doing going for it on fourth down? Scott, what'd you think? Well, how much did Buffalo, how many times did Buffalo score in the second half? And it just, it seemed like Baltimore did not stop Buffalo. Right. In the second half. So I understand uh, them thinking that, you know, kicking a field goal and giving it back to Buffalo with four minutes is probably, you know, probably a losing proposition if you play it out a hundred times or whatever it is. Um, it still feels like a bit of a bizarre decision. Uh, and I didn't love the play call. So, yeah. So the play call was not good. One, I'll get to that. I like the decision to go for it there. Um, I like, the, I think it's okay to plan for the Bills to score a touchdown, right? Yeah. I mean, they're so good. Tua just put up 406 on you. Like, I think it's okay to plan for that eventuality. And then you want to have the touchdown of your own instead. I think that's okay. Also, one of the huge benefits of going for it in these sort of situations is that the other team is pinned deep yes. in their own territory. Yes. But Lamar threw an interception in the end zone. So they got to come out to the 20 yard line. So a lot of the benefit of going for it was lost when, <laughs> when, when, when that happened. Um, and so that also changed it in hindsight because well, now they're starting at the 20, not their own four yard line. If you think, Oh, we missed it. They got to go 96 yards. Right. You could be thinking, well, if, if we do stop them, we'll get the ball back, decent field position, go down, kick a longer field goal. We do have Justin Tucker. We'll kick a longer field goal and we'll win. Yeah. So I actually liked the decision. I would have liked it if they just kicked the field goal too. I mean, at the time it happened, I thought it was a close decision. The math didn't say it was a close decision. Yeah. Um. Just the but this is what Yeah. yeah kick, but kick, it, kick the field goal and then make a stop. Either make a stop or, or, or an inception or whatever. Make, kick the, take the points. Take the points is is I don't know I don't know how many times I screamed at the TV before it, before it happened. Yeah, I just I don't I just think they they were it was reasonable of Harbaugh to assume or to plan for twenty three not being enough to win. Yeah, and in that case, then you won't have a better chance than you do right then to score. Like if you kick the field goal here and Buffalo scores a touchdown, well now you need a touchdown right now. You're on the four yard line. Like you're probably yeah. not going to have a better well, he, chance to score a touchdown. Wasn't there weather in this game as well? Yeah, yeah, but it was clearing up by then, which is why the bill started coming out in the second half. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, it was close. Like, if they kicked the, they, I don't think either one was right or wrong. Um, And then at the end of this game, too, we also had this situation where once the Bills did get down there into field goal range, the Ravens needed to let the Bills score, and Marcus Peters tackled the running back and let him run out the clock and kick the field goal. And then there was a confrontation on the sideline because apparently Marcus Peters did not know that we were like a let them score situation. Yeah. I mean, you got to make sure everybody's on that same page because that's so abnormal. You got to make sure people know that it's a let them score situation. Is that a fireable offense? 
Uh, no. Also, if you have if, if Aaron Glenn had a Super Bowl to what his if name, it was he Aaron could, Glenn who did it. <laughs> well, yeah, and if yeah, that would be that'd be pretty bad. But of course, if Aaron Glenn was coaching the Ravens in this game, they would have lost five hundred to three. So, um, <laughs> John Coach Harbaugh would have had to been going for it on fourth and twenty two from his own three yard line because he knows he needs touchdowns because Aaron Glenn's coaching his defense. Um. <laughs> Anyways, the Ravens are two and two, and the Giants are three and one, and that feels like a like a crime. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Next game here, we had the battle of the doomed coaches: Cardinals twenty six at the Panthers sixteen. Cliff Kingsbury was a significantly better coach in this game than Matt Rule. That tells me everything I need to know. Matt Rule actually should be fired immediately. Yeah, like like not just vibes like Aaron Glenn. Like he actually needs to be fired. I think Baker's yeah, it's overdue. Come. Baker's done. Yeah, that's a great point, Cleve. Yeah, Baker is bad. Like I've never, I've ne- and I became a Baker guy over the couple of years. As you know, our first season, I yep. was killing Baker. Yeah, but I, I'm actually ready to see Sam Darnold come back. <laughs> they actually tweeted what he does to to offensive players around him, like guys like a cancer or something. I don't know. He's a he's NFL Shea Patterson. Yeah, <laughs> like like it should work, but for whatever reason, he just cannot get the ball to the people he needs to. He needs to get it to yeah. because it's too long passes. He had Robbie Anderson on a busted coverage, and then Lavisca Chenault ran like ninety yards on a busted coverage. Other than that, there have been no long plays at all for them. Cleve, yeah. you mentioned Sam Darnold coming back. I was hoping for that too, but apparently he is not close to coming back from his ankle injury. Really? Wow. Yeah, the Matt Carell's got the Liz Frank, so he's out for the year. So. so Baker's got <laughs> Baker's got to stare the shit. I'm huh? I'm afraid to look to see who their backup quarterback is. <laughs> Let me look and see. I wonder if it's Nick Foles. Is it Nick Foles? This feels like a Nick Foles spot. <laughs> or no, Mike Glennon. This I is would, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon out of nowhere. Shitting, I would be shitting you. Oh man, I would be but, shitting you. But if the Panthers in a desperation move made a move for White Mike here, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you got to try something. Maybe they go for Drew Lock. Yeah. Um, Scott, get a load get a load of this stat. The Panthers now are one in twenty-six under Matt Rule when the opponent scores at least 17 points. That's incredible. That's <laughs> it. 17 points. Oh, their backup is PJ Walker. They should be playing PJ Walker. They should be playing yeah. PJ Walker. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the AAFL MVP right there. Play him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, Baker, I don't I and I I really want Baker to go there and kind of make a splash, but it ain't going to happen. So. so one what's the record when giving up 17 points? One and what? The Panthers are 1 in 26 under Matt Rule when the opponent scores at least 17 points. That is Damn. That's it. 17. Crazy. Like if you get 17 points, you will beat the Panthers. <laughs> and he has a job today? Damn. Man, um yeah, that's wow. that's really bad. So here's my solution for the Panthers. Okay, you bring back Cam Newton, and you put Baker on his shoulders. So Cam does the running, and Baker does the throwing. Because maybe when Baker's up that high, he actually knocked all his passes swatted down, and he could see more of the field. Because he's like 5'11", but he plays like he's 5'4". Would that count as one player or two? Well, I mean, how's, how does that work? <laughs> I mean... They're playing Rashard Higgins and Terrace Marshall at wide receiver. Just take them off the field. You can count as two players. They're not doing nothing anyways. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, and then, yeah, they could call trick plays where, like, Cam's scrambling with Baker on his shoulders, and then they, like, uh, 
uh, they come apart like Decepticons into two separate people and they keep running down the field or something. Uh, it'd be more entertaining than how they're playing now. Anyways, the Panthers are garbage. Uh, the Cardinals won a game. Congratulations. He beat a garbage team. I was not impressed by them. Kyler threw a pick six. He was fighting with Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline. Yeah. Not impressed there at all. Yeah. Um, Broncos 23 at the Raiders 32. Cleave, your boy, Nathaniel Hackett. It's not great. Beyond not great. I don't I you know what, man? I I don't know how I guess like I said, he interviewed well, right? Is that is that the word on the street? He was able to talk himself into one of 32 jobs on the planet. And he got it. And obviously he's in over his head. Yes. <laughs> uh and I mean it was this was a really bad game for the Broncos. This is bad for this game. This is bad in general. So First, the Raiders decided to get Devontae Adams involved again. Nine catches for 101 yards. That's a good idea, and they won. Uh, but Denver's supposed to have this, like really good defense, and Josh Jacobs had 28 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns, five catches for 31 yards. They made Josh Jacobs look like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. They made Josh did. Jacobs look like Rashad Penny. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. No, Rashad Penny didn't catch any passes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Gino was too busy hitting receivers streaking downfield. Um, <laughs> I am, I am fit to be tied. I am so mad about this. Uh, and then also for the Broncos, uh, promising young running back, Javante Williams tore his ACL. He is out for the season. Mm. Such a brutal injury. It is. So now they are stuck with Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone and Cleve. They brought in somebody today from new Orleans. They brought in Latavius Murray. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yeah. he's been around forever. Cleve, I feel like if Latavius Murray can still get carries in the league, you probably could too. And you should just like show up and try out. <laughs> it's insane, bro. How these guys just keep coming off the couch. Hey, hey, one year Vinny was carving up a, a turkey or whatever, and then he got in, got off the couch after like five years out the league. Yeah, wasn't he like seven years older than Russ is now at that point? Anyways, um, so yeah. I can't even say this was a good win for the Raiders. They at least won to get to one and three because it would have been a nightmare scenario if they had lost this game oh at home. God. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so that sort of stems the bleeding a little bit for them, but this was just all around really bad for the Broncos, and this could come I, off the tracks pretty quick. I'm kind of rooting for it, to be honest. I made a um I made a Motel 6 joke to Matt. I said, uh, they kept the light on in New England for you because they're going to get you on a plane coming right back. Oh, <laughs> uh. Lights on for you, brother. Come on back. Man. Man, if McDaniels were to get fired this year, which he won't, but if he were, where would he end up going? He's going college, back to New right? England. New England or college? Yeah. How about Kansas City? Because I think Mahomes and Bianami are done with each other. Mahomes ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be done with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I could see I could see something like that uh working out. Next game here, speaking of New England, we got the Patriots 24, the Packers 27 in overtime. Again, this is a game where the Packers won, but it didn't make me feel any better about them. So the story in this game, of course, Mac Jones is out with an ankle injury. So Brian Hoyer gets the start, is immediately concussed. I mean, like on the third play, is gone. So I believe fifth-round rookie Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky comes into the game. And honestly, looked kind of like Mac Jones. 
yeah. I couldn't really tell much, tell much yeah. of a difference between he understood them. The assignment. <laughs> yeah, he, understood he the played assignment. perfectly okay. He did have one fumble, but Rashawn Gary did hit him at full speed and land on top of him. So, you know, welcome to the NFL. I can mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Uh, the Packers though should have crushed New England in this spot. The, the fact they had to go to overtime and got stopped once in overtime and had to get the ball back and then go get the game-winning field goal is really bad for them. And, Scott, that Rodgers pick six was terrible. Yes. And uh, to me, it's like I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is even remotely uh, invested in anything that's happening there right now. Like, it is just like, you He's know. going through the motions. It seems like it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really looks – he looks like – like understanding that they have no chance is that that's the way I'm viewing like the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now is it's just, Hey, kick the can down the road and, and run the string on this thing. And I'm done. Uh, there's no way that there's no way he can, he can have the, he cannot have the balls to think that that team is going to challenge to win the Super Bowl, Right. Can, can he possibly think that? No, no. There's no chance. I mean, I mean they're there. Yeah, no. This was a game that said a lot more about the Packers to me than the Patriots. Yeah, honestly, like this will mean the Packers are not good. Just like I thought. I mean, relatively speaking, they're not a contender. I'd much rather be Dallas. I'd rather be Dallas with Cooper Rush wow. than the Packers right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next game here, we got the Sunday night game. Chiefs at Bucks. Uh, Cleve, this game was never close. The Bucks fumbled the opening kickoff. The Chiefs scored immediately, and that was that. Um, Mahomes had a great game. Travis Kelsey nine for ninety-two and one. Cleve, are you re- are you ready to join me on the Buccaneers are frauds train? Um, Tom's obviously got some problems going on right now. Yeah, yeah. I think his <laughs> think he was checked out in that game. Cause all the the news hit the shit today. He played all right. <laughs> played better than I would have. Yeah, and for people, yeah, for yeah. listeners who don't know, the news that hit today is that apparently both he and Giselle have hired divorce attorneys. Um, which means she probably hired first because you think he'd want to wait till after the season. So that's yeah. a bizarre story. Do you think she did the Tony Soprano thing where she went around to every single divorce attorney in the area so that they were all had a comp- a conflict of interest so Tom couldn't get one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, she seems like – no, I don't know her, but she seems uh, pretty intense, so who knows? Damn, who knows? Bro. This is happening in the middle of their fucking season, bro. Like This is yeah. brutal. Brutal. This is an interesting situation, too. Uh, this is not football-related. I mean, tangentially, but Tom Brady is rich, handsome, well-liked, and a little crazy. This could go any direction. Yes. I mean, he could he could end up with uh, Kim Kardashian or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, this could go <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I didn't I am... expect you to say her name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's I have no football. idea. It's political football. Right, I have no idea where where this is going to end up in this uh, in this Tom in this Brady situation. Tom Palin, there, yeah, you heard it here first. Whoa, wow! No, she uh, um, she likes um, uh, Glenn Rice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. 
Uh, is that allegedly? I don't think it's allegedly. I think that's. I think I that's think out there. Been confirmed. I think that's out there. Um, go blue. Um. So, as far as this game goes, yeah, Chiefs, uh, great win, good bounce back spot after losing to Indy to come back and beat the Bucks. You know, in a big uh, game. Of course, everybody in Tampa's fired up. They just had the hurricane in there. Chiefs are like, we don't care. <laughs> like, be sad. I- one of the things about this game that I thought was strange is that they just had, you know, they're reeling from a hurricane and like the resources to get this game played was ridiculous. <clears throat> you know, the yeah. of, you know, like it was business as usual. We're having yeah. a game <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah. Great. They could have moved it to Minnesota. That would have been okay. Um, or just last second to London. Send the box <laughs> over to, um, Oh, I'm oh, I'm 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 sorry, Miss Boonshit. He can't sign right now. He's out of the country. Um, all right. Last game here. We have the Monday night game uh, played last night. The Rams nine at the 49ers twenty four. The Rams are in serious trouble here, Scott. What is wrong they with their are. offensive line? Uh, it's just limiting everything they're trying to do. Uh, Matt Stafford, I I think. That elbow's worse than he's letting on. I mean, I can't remember a game in which he refused to throw the ball down the field until last night. Mm -hmm. And he just, he would not. Cooper Cup had like 14 or 15 catches. I don't even think for 100 yards. Uh, He just got over 100 at the end. Okay, so 15 for just over 100. It just just seems so limited. Uh, They can't run the ball. They can't. Their their passing game seems limited because because of what's going on with Stafford and I just I think Dave I think you're right I think that's an implosion waiting to happen. Um, if they lose a few more games, I could see a guy like Aaron Donald almost mailing it in. Uh, yeah. Rumors are he came, is that he came he back, retired. he could have retired. Yeah, and I think he wrote the letter and told the Rams he was retiring, and they talked him out of it. And you know, I mean. You've got some fiery dudes there, Jalen Ramsey and and Aaron Donald, some of these other guys. How much are they going to be in it if they're out, if they're out of it? You know, at the midway point of the season, I don't know. So yeah, no potential for it to be ugly. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Uh, I personally, I would think in that case, you just try to move Aaron Donald because on a one year deal, you try to move him for some assets going forward to a contender, somebody who could really who could really use him. Um, Dallas, could you imagine Dallas who goes and picks up Aaron Donald on loan for yeah for the back half of the season? Him and Micah Parsons. That be I, I would I would bet that Donald would retire before any of that nonsense would happen. Like you think he, he would not, go to a contender? He, yeah, he is not a. Uh, you're going to tell me what I'm doing. I'm in I'm in control of my destiny. I didn't want to come back this year. I don't want to play anymore. You're not trading me. I'm retiring. I'm done. I'd love it if he just retired mid season. I'd like if he did it mid game. <laughs> Not even at halftime, like Monte Davis. See ya. I, I mean, I like if he just called the timeout, took off his helmet, announced his retirement, and walked off the field. Well, it'd make a statement. He should do it at home. I get a standing ovation <laughs> yeah. uh, from all the from all the from all the away fans in attendance at the Rams games. That's true. Uh, Cleve Debo Samuel is an absolute beast. Um, I do not want this to go overlooked. That fifty-seven yard touchdown he scored in this game was amazing. And he, Jalen Ramsey is not a bad tackler. He is not Deion Sanders. And he ran through Jalen Ramsey like a hot knife through butter. Check out uh, Debo's Twitter feed today. I'll have to take a look. 
it's it's just it's that play but it's funny what what it's just funny mm. uh, they must have some beef or something you know and i'm not i wouldn't be surprised because ramsey seems like the kind of dude who's gonna have beef with just about everybody i, I think that's part know. of yeah isn't that part of the way you have to play though to play that yeah at that yeah. level yeah like you have to be a little nuts just you know um it's just funny. He ran through Ramsey and the way he pokes fun at it on his Twitter. It's funny. It's funny. Okay. I will definitely, I will definitely look that up. Uh, the 49ers defense is legit. Like they're legitimately very good and they're going to make the divisional round of the playoffs again. <laughs> Minimum. Just, they're just, they're so good. Now the broadcast, they kept talking about how this is a match between two playoff teams. And I'm like, there's yeah. one playoff team in this game. Yep. <laughs> I don't know about the Rams. I would not put the Rams in the playoffs right now. No, no, not not in the slightest. Okay, so real- if you're Lions fans, uh, you, you're going to get an earlier pick. It's nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. We do get their first. Yeah, round I made pick you happy. Year. There you go. Yeah, no, that's good. We can uh, get the new defensive coordinator, a couple more players. There you go. Perfect. All right. So looking quickly at the games next week, Cleve, have you seen the schedule for next week yet? Nope. So this week I cheated. I actually did look this week, so I do know what's coming up here. Thursday night, Cleve, are you ready for this? Colts at Broncos. <laughs> Man. Can we stop putting Nathaniel Hackett on primetime? Man. They, they thought it was going to work. They really did. Yes, they then, we did. Got, then we got another London game, Giants at Packers. Ugh. So could, could could the United Kingdom see sending us sending that game there as an act of war? <laughs> like not getting up early for that bullshit, bro. No way. Yeah. 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 Um, that's I mean, I'll be up, I'll be up for it because I have you know lineups going for it, showdown and whatnot, but that'll be a good one too, because the Giants have all these random wide receivers. Like, is David Sills gonna fall in the end zone? You could win ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Lions at Patriots, so I can't wait for Bailey Zapp to go for 405. If that uh, happens, bro. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> no, no, no. If Nelson Aguilar catches the ball in this game, it's going to be bad. Right? Devontae Parker's score. looking good. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not a Lions first game outside as well. I'm not too I'm not too excited about this one, but you know, hopefully we'll see. The offense is good. Hopefully we'll get Amon Ra back. Uh, Chargers at Browns. Come on, Chargers. Just keep, you know, keep doing that. Texas and Jags. The Jags are favored by like eight points now because <laughs> they're the best team in the division. Uh, Falcons at Bucks. Who cares? Steelers at Bills. Aforementioned, it's Kenny Pickett's first start going to be away to Buffalo. Cleve, Teddy Four Picks is going to the Meadowlands playing the Jets. <laughs> Teddy Four Picks. He is the most uh, risk outside of Tyrod Taylor. He made him be the most risk averse quarterback there is in the NFL. And his nickname is still four picks. So <laughs> I thought he was going to say Teddy two gloves. That's what I call them. Teddy two gloves. Well, that's what his nickname should be. But you're going to throw four <laughs> picks in a game, you know, that's going to, that's going to take care of that. Cleve should the jets win this game. If two is out yes. at home. Yes. Because, uh, I don't think, uh, Teddy, whatever we're calling him, is going to get the ball to to all those guys. Yep. Uh, Bears are at the Vikings. 
no thanks. I mean, Justin Jefferson, maybe, maybe we get like the finally like the 250 yarder from Justin Jefferson. That's about the only thing yeah. looking for in that game. The Titans are here at the Commanders. Cleve, you want to go? No. <laughs> Should we go on yeah. StubHub, get tickets? Titans no. and Commanders. It's only 20 miles away, Cleve. Yeah, but then our money's going to be used in some kind of Ponzi scheme or some bullshit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to fund the uh, Dan Snyder criminal enterprise, allegedly. Um, Seahawks at Saints. Hey, I bet Geno Smith doesn't go into their dome and put up 500 yards and 48 points. <laughs> Let's craft a wager, a friendly wager. How many points do, do the Seahawks score this weekend? Is Jameis going to be back? Don't know. That makes a big difference. It's a risk. We're taking on some risk, not knowing some of these things. I don't know what the Vegas implied total is for the Seahawks here, but I will say the Seahawks will score 23 or fewer points. I will take the over and we'll a friendly dollar. All right. Friendly. Like friend- the seventh time we've done this and nobody's keeping track of any of this stuff. I keep track of everything. Okay. I do I owe you six dollars right now? Uh you owe me a slightly more than that. But I do? That's okay. yeah, you owe me <laughs> well, not yet. Not until Eli walks in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Then you'll owe me slightly more. But right now oh. it's like six friendly dollars. What did we bet on Eli? I don't remember. Uh we bet entry into the college football league the year after. We did? We did. On air. So Wow, I have no recall of this, Senator. <laughs> are, are you Tua? Do you have a concussion? I have, Listen. yes, in my history. I have no idea I made this bet with you. <laughs> you guys should really take advantage of me more often. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible bet I made. Oh, I've made some pretty bad ones to him too, man. <laughs> Trust me. Try last year, last oh, year, Cleve bet me the Lions would win more games than Clemson. <sighs> so that's it a win. A- yeah, it was a bridge. It was a bridge no one talked me off of. And Clemson only won like eight games, and it wasn't even close. Um, 49ers at Panthers. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Moving along, there yeah. are three games. There are three games in the afternoon window on Sunday. They are 49ers at Panthers, Cooper Rush at the Rams, and Eagles at Cardinals. So at least we can see Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith probably going off on Arizona and their terrible secondary. Yeah. So that'll at least be fun to watch. But, man, nine games in the early window, a London game, but only three in the afternoon. Hang on. Just put put Chargers-Browns in the ap- in the afternoon window, even though it's in Cleveland. Just start at 4 o'clock local time and put it in the afternoon window for the Chargers. Un- unbe- unbelievable scheduling. Absolutely terrible. Um, Sunday night game is fire. Sunday night game is going to be good. This is going to be appointment viewing. Bengals at Ravens. Yes. Mm. That's going to be a good one because that no could be. Burrow's coming around. Yeah. That could be Chase and Higgins and then Lamar and Andrews. That could be going back and forth. That could be a really good one. Could we go to that one too? That's only like 35 miles away. <laughs> That's the one to go to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Monday night Raiders at Chiefs, RIP Raiders. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's the schedule next week. So not a lot of great games. The Sunday night game is going to be a good one. But, of course, with Red Zone, it's always good because there's always going to be a little bit of something going uh, going on there. So uh, before we get out of here, 
Cleve, was there anything else you wanted to bring up or say? Uh, I think JJ Watt's a crazy bastard. <laughs> hey, tell the listeners why you think that. So he had an AFib, and for for you guys, listen, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but an AFib uh, heart goes out of rhythm, uh, and you can shock it back in. But the danger with that is that your body can create blood clots. Um, so he risked, he literally risked having blood clots playing an NFL game. And, you know, he's a, it, it, it's something that, I mean, he made a choice for himself and obviously someone cleared it to, to be fine. Uh, it was the Dolphins only, doctor. Yeah. He, <laughs> he only outed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. If you get a blood clot in your lung, I'll just go in there and stab yeah, it and we'll it's just pick it up. It, to me, it just lends to the risk versus reward that these guys. I mean, JJ Watts, he's you know, he's at the twilight of his career and nothing else to prove, but he feels well, you know, he wants a championship, whatever. But to play having after having uh, a fifth shock, dude, I've never heard something like that. That's insane to me, bro. I sent that tweet to my like non football friends mm-hmm. because I thought it was so crazy. Yeah, I just I I couldn't believe what I was reading or hearing. I was like, wow, that, that did someone cleared you to play football? Yeah, serious. Insane. Scott, anything for, before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I'm afraid that if I open my mouth, I'm going to make another bet, and that's a bad idea. So <laughs> back to you, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks thanks in advance um, for the for the entry that year. Um, so. I have nothing else to say, really. Just to let everybody know we are part of the Maddie Ice Media Network, MaddieIceMedia.com. There's other great podcasts there, um, all sorts of good stuff. If you are listening uh, to the audio podcast, one, thank you. Two, it's also a YouTube live stream, so you can also look at us while we do this. If you want to see Cleve's uh, Jets hat and sunglasses and the faces I make throughout the show, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> There's a link in the show notes, no matter where you're listening, for the YouTube page. You can subscribe get notifications for every time we go live, uh, see it there. The show does also have a Twitter account, which is in the show notes as well. It is um, twitter.com slash political FB pod. Uh, I couldn't do a political football podcast. that was too long. So political FB pod is the Twitter. Uh, so go ahead and follow that right now. I'm not tweeting too much from there. Uh, you know, liking some stuff, retweeting some stuff that I like uh, retweeting pretty much anything Scott puts out there. Cause his Twitter is good too. Scott, what's your Twitter? Um, at Bischoff underscore Scott. Yes. And that is also in the show notes uh, below. Uh, Cleve is a boomer. He does not have Twitter. That's um, a great choice. It really is. <laughs> I would get in so much trouble. It's, it's, it's a, it's a uh, risk aversion. Yeah. yeah. Super smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Twitter, the thing you have to remember, Twitter is not real life. As long as you keep, always keep that in mind that Twitter is not real life. You can be okay on Twitter. I mean, half the people are bots anyways. So it's not real life. Real life doesn't happen on Twitter. Use it for information, finding out cool, interesting things, yep. uh, and retweeting people you like, and it can work. But if you get sucked down the rabbit hole, you'll be fighting with people who claim that the Moderna vaccine causes you to grow nine heads. Got them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Look out for that. Now, the fact that they're running for Senate for Republican in Georgia is you know, a whole other story. Um, so, anyways, uh, we'll get more into that as we get closer to to uh, to the elections here. But that's it for us. Uh, we will see everybody next week, next Tuesday. We will discuss the Week Five games. Hopefully, spend a lot of time on the Bengals and Ravens, and not the uh, Commanders and Titans. All right, everybody, peace. <laughs>